You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. So, Sean, we talked about in the last podcast uh, about two things that we're seeing now that we have a way to measure it is, you know, something that we see golfers try to work on all the time, which is keep the elbows together and spread the knees apart in the downswing. Elbows together going into the top, spread the knees apart in the downswing. And we talked, we just went ahead and dedicated the whole podcast on what the elbows do and how that's different than what we see so many golfers trying trying to to do, do. right? Uh, Literally the opposite. We didn't have enough time to, to mention the other part, which is what the knees do. So we wanted to kind of give that its own podcast and talk about really kind of break down what the knees do in the golf swing because the knees control the pelvis. Pelvis has a massive influence on the upper body. The upper body has a massive influence on the arms and club. So really you're talking about a very foundational element of the golf swing from a technique standpoint. And a lot of golfers just do not under, understand or aware of what the knees do and it's not something, anything rotational is not something you can accurately see with a video camera that doesn't move as the golfer moves, which is every video I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. We, we talked about this in, in the last podcast about the elbows, but, you know, we have a way now with the gear software that they've added a parameter where we can measure the distance between body segments like the elbows or the knees. You know, we could take a point on each knee the same point on, on opposite legs, let's say, and measure are they getting farther apart, closer together, and when and how much that happens during the swing. And, and what we do from there is just look at the database and see what the data kind of, how it plays out. Are the players, are they spreading their knees apart coming out of the top? You know, because that's what you see on Instagram and, right. and social media every day. That That's like a major deal, like, like spread the knees apart starting down. And, you know, we haven't taught it. You know, we we haven't gone down there just because we intuitively, I think we've seen enough of these gear swings now to kind of know what's going on. But now that we have this cool measuring feature, we're going to be coming up with a lot more cool content that we haven't come out with before just because we couldn't measure it. And Mike's deeper dove on it than I have. Um, so what are, you, what are you seeing with Denise? So let's be clear. So if you've seen any of our videos, you, you know what the gears avatar looks like. And it's out of all the other 3D systems, so and there's not been very many of them, you know, if you think like the KVS, you got kind of a torso shape and then a pelvis shape is like some biking shorts and then kind of a, so it's not really golfer looking, you know. And then you've got like the AMM, the old AMM system, where you get kind of like an Android type looking thing, and it's, you know, it's a human figure, but it's not really realistic as far as photo realistic like you would see in a video game mm-hmm. or what was the game you were telling me about the other day you saw the graphics Call looked, of Duty. it, was it looked to like a movie it was, it's so, absolutely incredible <laughs> and then you know you got some of the other ones i think it was not 4d but the other one that had the full body uh 
my my swing my swing my swing kind of had more of a robotic look to it mm-hmm. and the the amg 3d we use we use kind of a we use a skeletal figure and then we also use a um kind of a, a metallic figure body figure so everything golf related 3d wise is not photo realistic right okay so that's that's the first thing golf and because gears is the most photo realistic you know, it's still a guy in there with like a unitard on, like a onesie. And, you know, you and I look at the same body dimensions as far as, you know, waist and all yeah, that. It makes everybody and look gears, like it makes everybody like they have 2% body fat. A superhuman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the club moves, but that's not what we're measuring when we say we're measuring new things, right? We're talking about the actual sensors that get placed on the body right. is what we're measuring. So you can turn off the avatar Just and still get the these sensors. measurements. So. Yeah. Because in gears you have that weird right arm movement, and we've, you yeah. know, the right arm looks like it's it's a little mis- it's really separated in the back of the swing. The but look of the gears right arm is a little misrepresented. But it's just it's just the graphical right. avatar. It's not you know it's like the guy doesn't have facial expressions either. It's right. not realistic either. So it's not that's not what we're measuring. What the avatar looks like. We're measuring the actual data from the those, sensors and those eight cameras that are constantly tracking those sensors. So that's we're measuring what's on the golfer's body, not what the avatar looks like. Exactly right. Okay. Because I know that'll be the first thing. Well, you know, the right arm looks weird on gears yeah, yeah. or, the, you know, whatever. And it, and it, yes. Exactly. It does look weird. Yep. It's not accurate. But the sensors the are on is. the body. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So what we see golfers do as far as the knees go is let's say we place sensors right on the outside of each knee, reflectors right on the outside of each knee. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you draw a line or you connect the measurement tool between those two sensors so we're, we're tracking literally in 3d space whether or not those knees move farther apart stay the same or get closer together from address to the backswing for the most they stay fairly close to where they start so if they start at 20 inches apart they're going to be very close to 20 inches some players will lose a half an inch some players maybe gain a half an inch but they're very close together Okay. So that so from address to the top of the swing, right. the distance between the knees doesn't change a whole lot. Right. Okay. That that in and of itself is surprising to most golfers when they yeah. hear that. Because yeah. on a face on video or even from a down the line video, it looks like they get quite a bit closer together. Yeah, and depending on the golfer it really does. Maybe the more they turn, I'm thinking just off the top of my head. Because you have the internal external rotation of the hips. Yep. So that's one right there. If you've been trying to swing your left knee in too far. Mm-hmm. It's not really something we see with with the best players, yeah, especially that? from that face on video. Okay, right, because you go from where the where the body's facing the camera to now the body's forty five degrees to the camera, things look like they're they're very skewed. It's hundred percent. I totally get that. All right, so now here's kind of where the discussion will happen. Yeah, because we we'll see a lot of golfers who will and they'll, they'll tell us they work on this quite a bit. They'll put like an empty range bucket between the knees, right? So you've got something tangible in there where you can kind of feel your knees spreading or getting closer together. All right, so they've got the bucket in the in between the knees at the top of the swing. First move out of the top, they're wheeling that front knee around to drop the bucket. To drop the bucket and they're kind of in this it would be I guess dual external hip rotation where both knees are kind of splayed apart. Look like they're riding a horse. Right. They go from like, you know, knees really close together to knees really far apart where they're adding eight, 10 inches of spread knee separation, knee spread. Yeah. And 
we have yet to see a single golfer do that. In the gears data, we got 1.5. Close to 1.5. 1.5 billion in total winnings in our captured database. Like right at the top, some players, depending depending on if they lose a little bit in the backswing, right right at the top, they may add like a half an inch in the downswing, like right at the top, and then it immediately starts to get closer. But I'm trying to think if there's an exception. I don't think there is. So they're from the top. Let's switch whatever they're whatever. The knees are, are getting well. closer together. As they start down, they're getting closer together. Yes. Thank you. So it's not a hindrance for hip rotation. In fact, it helps. Yeah. It helps with the pressure and weight shift that we all have in a golf swing. It it helps with it doesn't hurt with any part of the swing and actually helps with other ones because players don't do the opposite. Well, we I mean, I've stood on those. We have we have luck enough not only have gears we have a dual force plate, which is kind of a research grade. So measure what the right foot does separate from foot. the left foot. Let me yep. tell you, we've we've tested this out a lot, different kind of leg patterns and what it does to the forces in the ground. Because it's super interesting for us, you know, yeah, when we see players do. come in to do that. Okay, one is that optimal. Two is that something that helps helps, and three is it anything that we've seen any good player do because. You know, you can start to learn a lot when you apply the lens of those three things. Yeah, so like, like for, for if I'm standing on that plate and I know that we can measure, you know, the amount of force I'm putting into the ground, basically. Right? With your right In foot. Layman's or your left yeah. foot. Where when that I, force is moving to. When or, I separate the knees, I greatly hinder that what what I'm trying to do to ramp up those forces in the ground. I almost can't do it. My weight stays on my trail foot too long. I can't angle this force vector forward enough for my center of mass, basically. And I I don't get the assistance I'm trying to get from the ground to ramp up my club speed. It's almost the opposite when I spread my knees like that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, from a force production. Yeah. Absolutely. Because when you – you obviously can't be on that left side when you're wheeling that left knee around. It lightens and, and the foot when you're wheeling it. You have to lighten the foot. You can see the guys who do that, they'll roll to the outside of the ankle and the, the ankle lost and pirouette it. around. The heel moves a bunch. Like you have to be on the back foot to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is the club's not waiting on that. No. I mean, downswing is a quarter of a second. You don't want that to be three quarters of a second to do all that. And, and interestingly enough, it when they do it, they get the knees farther apart. They're always too far apart at impact too. There's no, right. It just has this look like the little, we'll notice that the legs are the same bend a lot of time in gears at impact, which you don't want. No. The lead knee should be straighter than the trail. We see, uh, we see a lot of guys do that where the trail knee is straighter than the left knee. Yeah. Which is the opposite of what you want. Right. You know, let's just say, for example, you want the left knee 10 degrees and the trail 30, three to one. You're trying to wheel that lead knee around. There's no time to get the bend out of it in time. So because that club is moving. Yeah. Club's coming down. We see it a lot. The knees will be the same bend. Or like Mike said, the trail knee will be straighter because they're trying to pump some energy into that shot somehow. So they'll straighten the trail knee out at, a, at the wrong time because they've done this one move and handcuffed themselves. And they've only got 0.2 seconds to, to manage it all and get it all out again. It's, 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 um, it puts them behind the eight ball. Well, this, this leads us to a comment we get all the time. It's like pros can do these moves and that the rest of us can't do, you know, because they're super flexible or they move fast or whatever. It, it, here's the thing. Pros aren't doing these moves. They're not. 
right? So you take a, a guy who's works for a living, you know, maybe sits at a desk all day and he's trying to go, okay, normal backswing where the knees kind of stay the same. And then he's trying to go spread the knees, squat, and then throw the knees together, you know, because at anybody at impact is going to roughly or should have the knees closer at impact. So he's adding in a completely opposite separate move than what you see the best players in the world do. They're going, stay the same, get closer, stay the same, get closer. And, you know, yeah, that guy's got to be superhuman to pull that off consistently. And there's, there's no, there's no mechanical benefit of doing it either. That's what we're seeing from the force plates. There's just, there's just not. I, I asked a biomechanist that years ago when it first started popping. Obviously, there's no advantage to that. He, he was right. You know, now we, now we measure it. We have all the force plate stuff now, and and a way to measure the rotational data. There's no yeah. rotational benefit to it. It's just an extra thing to do in that quarter of a second. Yeah, and and we're hoping. You know, it's not to to bash anybody. It's like as we get smarter, we try to share the information that we're gathering, and we're just not seen it. I mean, you could say, oh, well, Sam Sneed, but you're always going to find an outlier in, in, you know, too, when you're looking at video. The, the Sneed stuff, though, and you, you think you're going this yeah. way, is based on video. Yeah, and he swings his left leg, left leg kind of way in with a massive turn, mm-hmm. and he aimed right and hit pulls, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. So that skews the face-on view of what he's doing, right? Yeah, it's hard to take one guy and just say, "Well, that never was measured," and just like. And we've done some with as best you can do on video, where we've stop framed, and ghosted yeah. each frame. It's not happening. Yeah, it's it's. I think like you could do anything else, just take one swing and, and say, "Well, that guy does it." But with what we're measuring, what we've measured data from a lot of good players, it's just not happening. So if you've been trying to do that and maybe not having success with it might be able to put that one aside and we just saved you some headaches. Yeah. And you know, you brought it up. So we'll get into the, the, the idea of squatting and I've never done a squat where my both knees aren't doing the same thing, right? You it's kind of def- definition of a squat yeah. where both knees have got to bend down. down. Yeah. Okay. So we've got golfers who are trying to do that as they spread the knees apart. So we'll talk about, we talked about the spread the knees apart thing and what we don't see from good players. Now let's talk about the bend of where the knees are bending the same. Some players will have, you know, coming out of the top, their lead knee for a right-handed golfer be the left knee, adds a little bit of bend, right? Just kind of the momentum of the yeah, swing. Just a little. And just for a couple frames, and then it goes into a straightening as the right knee is bending, okay? So the takeaway meaning you can apply this to the arms as well. You want both arms and both knees doing the opposite in backswing and downswing. There's not much of a time where you want things doing the same thing. Don't want them doing the same thing. So one straightening, one's bending. Now, if your left knee, let's say it's 35 degrees bent at the top of the swing, your right knee, let's say it's 10 degrees bent. Okay, there's going to be a point if you're straightening the left and the downswing and bending the right in the downswing that they both, like for a split second, have the same knee bend. Mm-hmm. That's way different than you getting to the top and trying to bend both knees down to create some kind of a squat move. And spread the knees at the same time. Right. Those don't happen. So the knees cross. They don't move in the same direction for other than a split second to start the downswing in some cases. Some cases they don't even do that. Right. A lot of times they max out that left knee bend at the top. At the top. They get a little recentering, and then boom, they're starting to change them. Exactly. So 
knowing that the knees don't really spread in the downswing, certainly not anywhere close to what we see in golfers trying to do. And then also that the knees are switching bends, not producing the same bend, which is what, how we would all squat if we were squatting. Uh-huh. So th- those are two fairly big concept changes that I think a lot of you would be better served to make other than what you're trying to do now. Yeah. You, you can maybe stop working on those things. <laughs> I mean, that's my, my advice to you. I mean, we get, we get people coming in trying a lot of different stuff and the yep. ones we just feel like, man, this is just a rabbit hole. You do not want to go down just because the, the, the data doesn't support what you're trying to do. I mean, that's your own, you know, well, you're in charge. You're yeah. the CEO go of your own golf swing. If you want. Yeah. Hopefully you listen to this podcast to get some objective information and with some, a few chuckles and a few, you know, yeah. knuckleheadedness thrown in there. But hopefully the overriding theme when you watch our videos and listen is getting objective information. And that's what this is. This is objective. This is not our opinion on what happens. It's based on a lot, what a lot of really good golfers do. And it's also some of these other things are based on ideas and theories. We'll say, because we don't see the data yeah, for it. This is, this is measured measure data. We always say success leaves clues. So we're right. looking at these players. What, what are they doing? And we always reserve the right to get smarter as we go. And that's what we try to do. And again, I said this in another podcast, when we find something that we think will help people or save you, I mean, I wish somebody would have came to me a long time ago and said, Hey man, you don't want to be moving your hips like that on the backswing. Cause I did it for years thinking it was the right thing. If someone would have said, Hey, you know, I've got all these swings in this database and not one of them does what you're trying to do. I would have stopped doing it. Or one of them yeah. does it. And yeah. the other 99% exactly. don't do it. I don't, like, I'm not okay. going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the majority and, and, and side with them on this one and work. If on I have an investment for you, got an investment tip for you. Now, a hundred people, a hundred people have taken this investment. 99 of them have lost money. Yeah. One guy's made a little bit of money. Hmm. Are you in on that? No. I'm going to side with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a- apply just that. You know, start with the right concept. You at least know what happens at good swings. Then now you can make informed decisions if you want to go down these other roads or not. There's no magic in the golf swing. It's like good swings are often physically easier to do. Like this is a perfect case in point. It's just one of those things like everyone's looking for a magic bullet. You know, it's got to be the squad. That's why fads in the golf swing will have been around and will continue to be around because it's they offer that hope. Like it is a hope. It's a hope pill. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it's like oh, if I squat the knees, that's going to give me club head speed. There's FOMO and there's hope. Yeah. It's like ho- hopefully these podcasts will just clear the fog for you because there's so much. We say it all the time. There's a lot of conflicting information out there. We just try to present what we see. We're, we're we, and if you want to choose to go down a different road, that's completely up to you. We're not knocking any teachers. Y'all, everybody is free to teach what they want. They might have success with it. We just try to stick to what we feel like. We're talking about the concepts and what the data plays out shows us. Exactly. And that's all we're trying to do. And hopefully it helps some of you guys and, and saves you some headaches. Well, ain't that the truth? I wish I got a time machine for that. No doubt. And if these are helping in any way, please uh, go on iTunes, leave us a five-star and a written review. When you do that, it helps more golfers find the podcast, and we're trying to help as many of you as we can.